And you're very welcome back to the show. Now, this year marks the 75th anniversary of the death of the Ennis Republican uh, Jack Harrigan. Jack, who died in January 1949, fought in the War of Independence and remained on the Republican side through the Civil War and right up to his death. He'll be remembered in an event at his grave this coming Saturday. And to find out more about Jack Harrigan and his life story, uh, we're joined in studio by the historian Eddie Locke. And we should be joined very shortly by Dr. Tomas McConmer, the oral historian, author and lecturer. Uh, Eddie, I'll start with yourself. Can you tell us a little bit about the significance of remembering Jack Harrigan, who, who he was? Well, Jack, uh, we, should always, we should all remember the, uh, the men who fought for our freedom. And uh, I got an interest in Jack when I was researching the mental hospital history about 30 years ago. So I dug around a bit, but Jack was a very private man. And private men are very hard to to find out about but after a fairly good time I did get a lot of information about Jack Jack uh, was an Ennis man born in uh, Old Mill Street people will be familiar with that place and uh, shortly after that uh, they moved to Clockley Road where they lived in a little detached cottage uh, two rooms and a, and, and a kitchen Jack's father had joined the British Army in 1860 and uh, served for 21 years, including going to India. So it's not surprising that Jack joined the British Army himself. OK, uh, we also have uh, Tomás McConroe as well. Uh, Tomás, what, 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 what is the importance of Jack Harrigan to you? Well, look, I mean, Jack, as, as, as Eddie has just said there, is, is among the people who fought for the freedom of this country, and, and on that basis he, he should be remembered. But I think maybe there's, there's a, another importance in the sense that he's one of those people that uh, outside of the, the, you know, the, the community of people who may have known him or the people who would have worked in this mental hospital you know, that Eddie has been researching, a lot of people wouldn't know the name Jack Horrigan. You know, they may have seen his name perhaps listed on occasion, but because Jack didn't die during the war, of independence or during the civil war um, you know he, he, he wouldn't be as well remembered as many of the other people in, in Clare or certainly any of the, the names we'd know nationally so it's really important to draw attention to people like this but what's, what's even more significant is the fact that if you go and stand at the grave uh, of Jack Horrigan today and hopefully many people will come out on Saturday but you'll see from the inscription that was, that was uh, put in place there in 1950 that Jack died as a result of uh, you know his involvement in the conflict it was very clear from his comrades in the Republican movement that Jack had suffered a lot uh, of ill health as a result of his involvement in the IRA during the War of Independence, his internment in the Civil War, his hunger striking in the Civil War, but also because of the fact that he remained uh, committed to the Republican ideal throughout the 1930s and into the 1940s when he was interned uh, by the Fianna Fáil government uh, for a period of almost a year and once again uh, suffered uh, ill health as a consequence of that. So, you know, even though Eddie died or sorry, even though Jack died in, in 1949, you know, his death was very much a consequence and connected to his commitment to the Republican movement and his involvement in that activism. Yeah, and I mean, Eddie, like the fact that he lived to 75 is almost uh, extraordinary given, as Tomas has outlined there, the number of hunger strikes he went through, and uh, the number of times he was in prison. You can imagine the conditions in some of those prisons, particularly back during the War of Independence and so on, uh, weren't exactly uh, of host hotel standards. So it, to make it to 75, having experienced all of that is, is quite remarkable. 
Uh, it certainly is. And um, his internment in, in 1940, uh, in, in, uh, first of all, uh, in, in Cork Prison, uh, and then up to the Cora Camp, which was well known as, and to Republicans as Tintown, it was not a holiday camp. Jack would have suffered in that camp. People were beaten in that camp. People were shot in that camp. There were tough times. They were enemies. The guards were enemies of the IRA at the time. De Valera's government had taken a hard stand against them. Uh, that's obvious by the big roundup on the 3rd of June, 1940. Hundreds and hundreds of people were rounded up in, in a coordinated uh, movement. Um, Jack um, was released fairly early, and I do believe it was because of his health. But there was another reason Jack was, was released. Um, when he was lifted at that time, the the councillors who were in the management of the committee of, of the hospital, they were incensed. Jack was obviously a man who was well-liked and well-respected. And uh, the doctor in charge was Dr Brennan. He wrote to the minister and he's, 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 he said that um, he believed well, the minister had said previous to that that he believed Jack to be unfit to hold office. He suspended him. But the, the, the Dr. Brennan said uh, that Jack was an admirable member of the staff and thoroughly competent. In other words, he was disagreeing with the minister and you didn't do that back then so too easily. Yeah, it was brave and almost. It was brave of him. Yeah. And the councillors, uh, many of them possibly Fianna Fáil councillors, um, uh, statements were made like um, like uh, Horrigan was a man who loved his country and was a good soldier of Ireland when such soldiers were scarce now there was fighting talk the minister who was at PJ Rutledge at the time minister for um, uh, local government and public health he, they, they, they went up against him and again as I said it was a brave thing to do and throughout his imprisonment the committee continued to lobby for his release and not only that but when he was suspended he was suspended from pay and the councillors continually uh, looked for that to be to be put aside as a matter of fact they went as far as saying they would pay his wages out of their own pockets that was something to you know that wasn't something that was said lightly yeah he was clearly well respected he was well respected and when he came back uh, it took about two months after he was released before the minister lifted the suspension just to put the boat in a little bit better but he was brought back and in the years after he he was um, released from Tintown I'm quite sure that his his health was was, was deteriorating hmm. he would he would have had a room in the hospital he was an unmarried man. He, uh, the hospital, not alone that he worked there, it was his home. He, his room would consist of a bed and maybe a press and a, and a chair and whatnot. Uh, a place where he had a, bit, a little bit of privacy. Pretty simple setting by, exactly. the, by, by the sounds of it. Yeah, but he did suffer from a long illness, as, 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 as Tomás had yeah. said. But the staff in the hospital, they looked after him. He wasn't sent into the fever hospital. He wasn't sent to the tiny sanatorium. Jack was looked after by his colleagues. And when he when he needed to be, they stood up, uh, they, they stayed up at night, nursed him, looked after him, and I think that says a lot about the character of the man. And just to finish with yourself, Tomas, it's easy to see that, that uh, Jack is a man that deserves to be remembered, which he will be uh, this coming Saturday uh, at his grave in the Old Drumcliff Cemetery. What, what what is planned for Saturday afternoon? 
Yeah, well, it's it's again a very important, a very very in 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 the way that it should a very simple but very powerful occasion when you know Republicans and 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 people of interest in in history and people who may be aware of Jack Horrigan's story will come along, gather around his grave. There'll be Eddie will say a few words, I'll say a few words. There'll be a pipe or um, the North Clare Republican Memorial Committee have organised this, which is appropriate because that would have been the same or a very an earlier iteration of that committee would have installed the memorial in 1950. So people will come around, gather, we'll speak about it, uh, Jack Horrigan and his importance in, in Clare history and in Irish history and you know we're happy to hear from people who may be able to offer more. There's one photograph of Jack Horrigan and we're looking for more. Um, but just to underline very quickly one final point there, I think you know Eddie has brought to, to, to light the, the human story of Jack Horrigan there which is really really important because he was a hugely committed Republican you know he stuck to that ideal he suffered as a consequence of it but the people who looked after Jack in in Ennis Mental Hospital with such tenderness and kindness were doing it probably because of his own kindness that he had shown to people as a human being uh, which really speaks to the type of individual he was you know he was a great Republican loved his country and committed his life to it but he was also a very kind human being which I think has powerfully underlined there so I think it's appropriate and right that we commemorate a man like that and draw attention to his story so more people can learn it and indeed anyone who might like to share a story about Jack or, or a photograph you can contact the North Clare Republican Memorials Committee at northclareormc at gmail.com my thanks to the historians Eddie Locke and Tomas McComera.